Magneto Funky, number 183. It's Saturday, April 17th, 2021. Yeah, Larry here. It's been two weeks since I got the J&J vaccine shot, and I've tracked my side effects along with the vaccine sabotage campaign and the continuing spread of right-wing sedition across the country, not to mention the apparent efforts of the police to provoke an excuse for a race war. Meanwhile, I'm getting closer to wrapping up the gear prep and moving my bike nomad plan to the next stage. Uh, the music this time out is a few brand new cuts submitted and curated within the past month, starting with the pro-vaccine number shared by Mick Jagger and Dave Grohl.
Yeah, that was Easy Sleazy by Mick Jagger with Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters. And yeah, I said shared because I did a hard search to see if this song was on sale anywhere. And it's not. With the one exception that Mick sold an NFT or non-fungible token or as I call them 21st century financial tulips for 24 hours for pro-indie musicians charities. Mick himself said he wanted to share this song about eventually coming out of lockdown with some much needed optimism. Right on. And I'm saying all this specifically to any podcast platform managers out there with a rod up their butt about infringement. Because I ain't the first or the only podcast blasting this song right now. Enough said. Okay, this is a laid back and often explicit, you bet your ass, underground international pod zine and personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and the Twitter is at MagnetoFunky. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in grid theory. Now, the segment this time is called Waiting Period. Because since the last episode, once Governor Newsom said the state would open up the COVID vaccine rollout beginning April 1st, the site My Turn went from being totally frustrating to fascinating. Yeah, early on the 1st, it only took a few minutes of refreshing to get an appointment for that next day. So on Good Friday, April the 2nd, I went to the Oakland Coliseum, uh, the vaccine super site, and got my Johnson & Johnson one-and-done shot. Over that first weekend, I sat anticipating the inevitable side effects or how my body would respond to an actual case of COVID. Now, Saturday morning the 3rd, I got my first and only side effect so far, a slight headache. But since I almost never get those, I quickly popped a couple of Tylenol from the first aid kit. And to be honest, I was actually happy to get a side effect because getting none at all would play into the paranoia that I either didn't get an actual vaccine or even worse, that I'd be one of those asymptomatic carriers if I got infected. Well, anyway, later on that day, I went to the store and bought a small bottle of generic acetaminophen because the first aid kit only had four of the damn things. Good thing, too, because that slight twinge of a headache didn't go away. It took till day eight to be faint enough in the background to not have to pop a couple of pills each day, though I still did. And even now, it's only gone to every two or three days feeling the need to take a couple of pills. Uh, meanwhile, I set up the front axle mount on the new cargo trailer, which goes on the back burner until I no longer need that granny cart to haul stuff for storage. Uh, what did hit the front burner for a minute was adding another bike packing bag, what they call gas tank or bento bags. Because my old school mountain bike has a bare section of brake cable 
running along the top tube. And when I first looked at frame bags and handlebar harnesses, I said, well, so much for those kind of bags and moved on. Well, then I came across a video where a guy used a bandsaw to cut a long piece of half-inch PVC pipe lengthwise to cover his exposed cable to hang a triangle frame bag. Well, I don't need a bandsaw. My PVC pipe cutter can split a one and a half or a two inch section of pipe, which is just enough for the Velcro strap underneath the bag. So I started looking again at front bags with the phone sleeve. And while I was at it, rear bags, big enough for the patch kit and a few tools. Now these things, they run from 20 bucks to over a hundred, which is nuts. Uh, okay, uh, the actual bags I got and the digital nomad gear in a bit. So back to the stage, continuing the sampling of brand new cuts with another COVID related sort of number. Quarantine Blues by Tombstones in Their Eyes, a dark shoegaze neo-psychedelic fuzz rock and roll band from Los Angeles. The single is from their next record, Looking for a Light, that's due out on April 20th. Uh, brought to you by Kitten Robot Records and Somewhere Cold Records. After that, it's Test. Another cool track from Stone Mountain, Georgia hip-hop producer and rapper Kay Jizzle. This one had some extra bite to it. And finally, we have Hardcore Happy by The Blossom, a.k.a. songwriter Lily Lazat, uh, an independent Southeast Asian raised between New York and Sydney, Australia, uh, now based in L.A. Her signature sound is dreamy, yet dark, playful, yet bittersweet. Uh, the song was uploaded to Triple J Unearthed on March the 19th.
Just need me I just need someone to love me I just 
Hey, Geek Notes. You know, Trevor Noah got it right when he said the problem with killer cops, it ain't a few bad apples. It's the rotten tree that produces a few good apples. The tree, in a broad sense, is the entitled supremacist society that produces the racist bullies that desperately need a badge and a gun. But in a specific sense, it's the police unions that recruit these assholes and runs interference for them. Now, two ways you can fix this. Potty train two generations of Americans to be non-racist, which will never happen, or defund and replace the current police unions with an alternative, like police guilds or citizen-controlled police co-ops. You know, call it what you like. But the criteria for becoming a cop should be as rigorous as for being a teacher or a doctor since they hold the power of life and death against us for whatever misdemeanor or instance of felony sass mouth sets them off. Meanwhile, the latest gambit on the vaccine front is vaccine sabotage, as in accidentally spoiled batches, uh, overhyped concern trolling stories of extreme side effects, in particular with the J&J &J vaccine. You know, fact, we got six cases of blood clots out of eight million shots. Fact, you get 500 to 1,200 cases of blood clots for every one million women taking birth control pills. Also fact, a clinical study of a male birth control drug was killed when a few men got acne and mood swings as side effects. Not blood clots, but you know, it was men after all. All I'm saying is, the corporate media needs clickbait, anti-vaxxers need clickbait, and the GQP needs to steal back the Senate. So every big lie and scary headline that helps continue the pandemic and hobble the Biden administration is good for the friggin' civil war. Alright, enough ranting. I actually have an event listed. California State Senator Scott Weiner is hosting panels on his proposed legislation, SB 260, the Climate Corporate Accountability Act, 
that requires large corporations to annually disclose their entire carbon footprint with a blueprint to reducing that footprint and a conversation about the environmental justice movement and their work to ban fracking and other dangerous drilling as well as implementing buffer zones between oil wells and our schools, homes, etc. Uh, speakers from the Center on Race, Poverty, and the Environment, Climate Health Now, and more to be announced. And click that link to get an RSVP to the event. All right, for the duration, if you like or you hate the show, give it a quick review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash mfunky. And if you have promos, pluggers, gig info, an art opening, etc., send me an email and I'll keep up with the calendar. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com. And bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Yeah, back to the top bag. After my uh, payday, I saw that Target had a Schwinn phone bag for under 20 bucks. There's very little room inside it for more than like a few granola bars and little jerky sticks, but it will substitute for a handlebar phone mount, and the plastic cover is touchscreen friendly. Uh, the rear tool bag, yeah, that's a bust. My air pump is only 9 inches long but it does require a nine and a half inch or 24 centimeter compartment. The longer bags that even bothered listing their dimensions stopped at 23. And the one model I did see that was 25 centimeters cost 120 bucks. Meanwhile, in the same Target store, I found a fanny pack, oh, sorry, travel hip shoulder bag that was big enough to hold my full patch kit. And that almost wraps up the bikepacking gear. Now I'm looking at feed bags because the bike touring rule of thumb I came across says you should consume at least 20 grams of carbs for every 30 minutes of riding on a long haul. And that top bag will never carry more than three hours worth of snacks. <laughs> okay, the digital nomad gear. My existing phone is a three-year-old Moto E4 that's now below the horizon because there ain't no more updates coming for it. So for a new phone, I stayed with the Moto and picked the G Play because it's cheap and mainly for the big 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Even though it's running Android 10 and I just found out it's only getting one major update. <laughs> anyway. I bought it unlocked so I could get used to it. And when I do kill the AT&T home internet, I'm going to go with one of the T-Mobile Magenta Senior Plans. 
because the phone data is enough to use Google Maps all day and download movies and TV shows. And the hotspot slash tethering data is enough for my laptop to browse, do mail, and upload the podcast and any travel media. No need for a fancy 5 or 10 device doohickey. The other items are the backup 100 watt boost buck converter, which just came in a few days ago, and a critical piece of gear I got with the last of the mad stimmy, a solar hand crank weather radio. Uh, the Midland ER210, got it at Best Buy. It's not the top device on the market, but it's more than capable for camping. And this model takes a regular 18650 battery, so I can pack a spare. Oh, it comes with a clock function too. What's left on the list is a backup AC smart charger in case I get a chance to charge the big batteries with shore power, uh, a group 24 battery box, and a good solar hand crank power pack with like eight to 10,000 milliamp hours to take the strain off that phone battery. For maps and navigation, I got a travel phone app, Avenza Maps, that supports a digital state benchmark map for offline use that shows public and private land, national park, and bureau land management boundaries, which will greatly help me avoid private property when stealth camping, especially if I'm nowhere near a state park. Oh, and speaking of which, I went through the state's recreation website and picked out 21 coastal parks that have hiker-biker campsites from Mendocino County north of the city all the way down past San Diego. I downloaded those brochures and individual maps. These parks have plenty of open walk-in biking spots to register and pay for them on site. Just call ahead or roll up with five or ten bucks and set up instead of like car and RV campsites which do have to reserve well in advance. The closest park that's open, uh, Half Moon Bay State Beach, has spots right now but the season is just opening and the COVID restrictions are just being lifted. So that'll definitely change by summer peak. I'm actually much closer now to taking that first overnight trip. Well, now that I have a non-trailer bikepacking-only tent pole. With a little help from the local hardware store staff, I got a two to four foot aluminum extension pole, a screw-on adapter, a two foot piece of one inch PVC pipe, and a slip cap to make a pole that breaks down small enough to carry in the handlebar harness. Nice but I'm not ready until I make that internet mobile with the phone. I'm not doing this without the option of real-time navigation because depending on which route to take, there's either high traffic stretches of level highway with no shoulder, talking about you, Highway 1, or an off-road bike trail over a small mountain with a big-ass climb between here and Half Moon Bay. Okay, for this week's One More Tune, we close out with the only song that's not work safe, including the title, 
So if you need to, you should probably just skip the next four minutes. <laughs> okay, it's Woke Fuckboy by Mum Friends, an indie pop rock duo out of Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, coming off of their solid, sold-out debut single release, Rails. Uh, Mum Friends continue to weave through the all-too-relatable post-breakup haircuts and the strenuous task of being in your 20s in the 2020s. Cool.
Well, okay. Oh, the music bed this time out is the Anchor Tree release by the Adelaidean, Australian ambient drone composer from Inner Real Life, his third solo album for Project Records. Nice. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. I'm on almost all the popular podcast platforms, the latest being CastBox and Overcast. Uh, You can also say, Alexa, ask any pod to play Magneto Funky. Show notes are on the pod page. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, tell your friends. And... One last thing for the remaining Red Hat anti-mask vaccine saboteurs. When, not if, you catch a case, be aware that COVID causes erectile dysfunction, especially if it's an asymptomatic case from a wild-ass variant, and nobody's health insurance covers dick pills. So, enjoy paying out of pocket from now on for your numb nuts as you own the libs. Yuck, yuck. Show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass, by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for, uh, let's try May Day. And we'll just see what happens. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we are still slogging through, but no longer into the darkness.